Yuma, Perk Ches Mishnehe, 8.5. And now we discuss the halachas of people who may or perhaps must eat on Yom Kippur. The guiding principle of this Mishnah is that in a scenario where a person potentially may come to a situation in which he is at risk to lose his life, that's called Pekuach Nefesh, and it's, it's, since it's a suffix, maybe it will, maybe won't, it's called Suffolk Pekuach Nefesh. And in a case of Suffolk Pekuach Nefesh, we are always lenient, except for the three very strict, the most strict Isurim that revolve around Gilearias, Shrikhazdam, and Abodazara. But otherwise, in the case of Yom Kippur, even though it is severe, if a person perhaps would come to a scenario where things could lead to where he ultimately could lose his life or her life, so then the luck is that person should eat. The mission says, Ubara Sherecha, a pregnant woman, Ubara, the word Ubar means a fetus. Ubara is a woman who's carrying a fetus, pregnant. Sherecha, she smells some food and she gets a craving for that food. So the concern is that the craving indicates she, and she feels she needs to eat. So the indication is since she feels she needs to eat, we're concerned that indeed that indicates that she really does need to eat that food now. And if she would not be able to, if it would be withheld from her, ultimately things could lead to her death. So then, since that's the guiding principle, we allow her to eat until she calms down, because the rule is that uh, risk to her life will push off the sermon of eating on Yom Kippur. Nevertheless, the Gemara speaks out that we don't just, we, we try to minimize this. So the first thing is we whisper in her ear and we say, Today is Yom Kippur, you're not supposed to eat today, are you sure this is really necessary? But if she sticks to her gun and says, I need it, I absolutely need that, that pickle. So then, um, again, we would try to minimize the level of transgression um, by feeding her a little bit. Pachos um, makashir, less than the, less than the uh, kosevas amount, so she wouldn't cross that threshold. And, but ultimately, if she insists she needs to eat, we would let her eat even, even more than a kosevas. Similarly, a chole, if a person is sick, so we feed him based on the indications of the experts, meaning the doctors. So if a person says, I do not need to eat, I'm going to be just fine. But the doctors say, no, he must eat. Because if he doesn't eat, then he could come to a situation where later on he could be at risk to lose his life, even then. So then we insist that he eats. Again, we try to minimize if if it's possible, if the doctors say it's acceptable, to give them um, less than the threshold, again, less than the kosevis. We, we space out the food or make them drink um, at the intervals in quantities less than the lugmav. But ultimately, again, um, we, we, we insist to eat, and, and we would certainly not be concerned if the doctors say he must eat, and he must be, say, very hydrated. Let's say we would not even concern ourselves with the shiurim at all. Now it says Bikian. Bikian is a plural. It sounds like, as opposed to Bucky, it could have said we feed him based on the input of a single expert, but it says experts, plural. And that's not to take in Dafka specifically. In other words, it doesn't matter if there's only one expert that says that he must eat. Um, but still, we would still rely on an expert. The point here is that why we're using a plural is if the person says he doesn't need to eat, and the doctor says that he does need to eat, so then we would listen, excuse me, if the person says he doesn't need to eat, and even as a doctor who supports him and says he doesn't need to eat, but then there is another doctor 
who says he does. So we'd rely on the person plus his doctor who says no need to eat. But once you have two people saying that he must eat or else he can come to Suffolk Pekuch Nefesh, or maybe he's in a state of Suffolk Pekuch Nefesh, or he is in a state of Pekuch Nefesh as it is. So then we, once you have two people, we force him to eat, we insist that he eat, uh, even if you have a hundred people saying he doesn't need to eat. Once you cross the threshold of two, so then the Shulchan Aruch Paskins, we're not, we're not going to take any chances, and therefore he eats. So once you have two, that counter weighs everything. On the flip side, in the event <clears throat> that there are, literally it says if there are no bikin, there are no doctors there, then we feed him based on his own input. What this means is, if the person, I'm not translating the words, I'm explaining the Mishnah here. If the person says, I need to eat, I feel that I'm at risk if I don't eat. So then, even if there will be a thousand doctors saying it's not true, even if he doesn't eat, it's not dangerous, but we listen to the person. We don't listen to the doctors. In other words, with the guiding principle here is we're going leniently once again. And the reason is because we assume that a person knows his internal state of affairs better than any doctor could. Uh, there's actually a Pasuk, Leviodea Maras Nafshow, from Mishle, that the person's heart knows inside just the, the bitterness of his soul. He knows his real situation better than other doctors. And therefore, therefore, if a person insists that he must eat, so then we would let him eat as a chola, even though any number of doctors say it's not true. We listen to him. The reason why the Mishnah here says, Im Ein Bakian, the Gemara understands it means that in the event that he insists he must eat, so then it is as if, it's as if there are no other doctors. We disregard all the doctors. So that makes it tantamount to there being no doctors there. And therefore, we rely upon this person, and we, again, be as lenient as possible. In such a scenario as well, we try to minimize it, so if a person can get away with drinking in less than the shear, eating less than the shear, that would be great, and preferable, certainly. But ultimately, the Torah has its own set of halachas, and if a person is supposed to eat, because the doctors say he should eat, lest he come to a situation of pikuach nefesh, or if a person feels he may even come to a situation of pikuach nefesh, he doesn't eat, so then... The luck is that he must eat, he should eat, and it would be not only meritorious to yes eat, but it would actually be a, a grave sin to not eat, because the luck is that he must. Now, if you'll ask, if the principle is Leviodea Maras Nafsho, a person knows his own bitterness, so then why don't we rely on the person to say, No, I know myself better than you, I don't need to eat. So even though the doctor is saying, yes, you do, why doesn't the person's own intuition, his internal sense of well-being, override that, as we say it does, lakula? The answer is because we're actually concerned that when a person is unwell, so then his inner voice is misguided. The same way we've all seen someone who's had little too much to drink, who obviously has had too much to drink, but he insists, no, I'm still sober. And that's because there are certain things that you think with and certain things you think about. And if his brain is impacted, so then the thing he thinks with is compromised. So so to a person, we're concerned that normally a person's lave, his own mind, knows his internal well-being better than others, but if a person's unwell, so his mind or his heart, his intuition could be addled, could be misguided, could be out of touch, and therefore 
again, with the guiding principle is the kula. Even if he says he doesn't need to eat, and the doctors say he really should eat, lest he come to a situation where he could be at risk for life, even then, so then we indeed insist he eat, and it's proper for him to eat, even though he insists he doesn't need it.